Hello, hello. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Older Adult to Geriatric Nutrition Answers podcast presented to you by longtermcarerd.com. I'm Michelle, your host and presenter of today's episode. So today we're going to be talking about wound care nutrition and specifically what is the dietitian's role in wound care nutrition. So I really wanted to get into this topic today and I'm doing more of a broad overview today. If you want to find out more about specific nutrient recommendations, what the evidence says, so we're talking about arginine, zinc, glutamine, glutathione, when should we be using these other nutrients and are they actually effective? And what are some products that are effective that are on the market today? I'm actually going to be hosting a webinar this Wednesday. So Wednesday, January 24th, 2024, at 1 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I would love for you to join in if you really want to get into the nitty-gritty of what the National Pressure Injury Association says. I'm going to be covering that and I'm going to be giving you practical things that you can implement in your practice today to improve the wounds of your patients and get them healed up faster. What does the evidence say? So you can join us this Wednesday sign up. There'll be a link in the show notes. If you're on the email list, I'm going to be sending out a reminder tomorrow. It's a virtual presentation, so you can tune in. If you can't attend, that's okay. Sign up and you'll get the um, a presentation as well as the slides following the presentation. So would love for you to join. It's really going to be very useful for dietitians. So please sign up. So I'll just get right into today's episode. So, are you a wound care dietitian? That's my first question. If you are a dietitian that works with patients that have wounds, then yes, you are a wound care dietitian. So, starting at a facility, it means that you have to establish yourself as a wound care dietitian. But of course, this also means that you need to seek out educational opportunities, read the latest scientific articles, keep up with the NPIAP and what they say about wound care nutrition in order to be super prepared to get your wounds healed up fast for your patients because wounds will decrease quality of life and severely harm a patient and obviously put them at increased risk of death. So I'm a real passionate advocate that all dietitians should be heavily involved in wound care. But of course, getting started, it's going to require a lot of communication with the wound care team to determine a few things, especially if you're just starting out or if you don't know what your role is on the wound care team, you need to talk to somebody. So some questions that you're going to want to ask are, what is your role going to be? How often are they going to consult you? What are your expectations of what type of wounds you want to be consulted for? So some facilities, they'll consult you over something as small as a skin tear. Well, unless this is a patient that's predisposed to getting wounds or their skin tears typically lead to something more severe, I don't want to be, uh, or I don't need to be consulted over skin tears. So those are clarifications you want to make. How will they communicate a wound to you? How often um, are there wound care team meetings that you can be involved with? So these are all things that you need to ask because as a wound care dietitian, you need to be involved and you need to be aware. And for standards or audits, surveys, it is expected that a clinical dietitian, you're aware and you have nutrition interventions in place for all patients with wounds. Um, If you want to know a little bit more about what your role is as a dietitian that's working um, in the United States, 
States or Canada and you need to know well, what is my job and what are my requirements for a provincial audit or a state survey, I have a step-by-step guide and I'm going to link that in the show notes and it's really easy. But I'll uh, just let you guys take a look at that. So I'm going to go through a step-by-step wound care system that I have put in place in pretty much every facility that I've worked in, but you're going to adapt the systems that will work for you, and it's also going to be what systems are in place in your facility. So if you don't have a current system in place and would like to establish one, you need to sit down with your boss and ask if it's possible for you to work an extra day or two to get a system in place. Most bosses are comfortable allowing you to work an extra day or two to kickstart a new system that will benefit your facility and improve the results of what could potentially be a survey or a state audit or a provincial audit, whatever it may be. So have that discussion and lay out exactly what you're going to be doing. And that's essentially what I'm going to be talking about today. This is what you'll be talking to them about. So step one, you want to establish your wound care dietitian system. So find out where the current list of residents with current wounds are. Some facilities are really great with tracking, but you want to have your own list. Again, put it in your one-stop shop binder, which I will talk about next week. So for example, I'm just making this up just so you know. So room 129, Margaret Smith, stage three wound to the coccyx, current interventions, two cal, 125 mils TID with MedPass, and then next follow-up date, two to three weeks. You want to keep this up to date and know the progress. So something like an Excel spreadsheet is really helpful. And you also should have all your high-risk patients in a spreadsheet that details the nutrition diagnosis, interventions, and goals in one place. If you don't have a spreadsheet, check out my free resources page. I have lots of free spreadsheets that you can just copy and paste into a new Excel spreadsheet or Google Sheets and implement into your practice today. I'll also link that for you guys. Step number two, of course, join the wound care team. I have actually heard many dietitians feel like they're not welcome on the wound care team. They've never been asked to be on it. And you know what? You are a health professional and you need to take that initiative to get on that team. If it's not possible to attend meetings due to a scheduling conflict, ask for a summary sheet of the wounds, um, the meetings, and send in your Um, detailed notes as well, a summary sheet of what your nutrition interventions are for the patients that have wounds. Um, It's really important that they know who you are and that they know you're doing stuff for wounds too. So check in at a minimum every two to four weeks for updates on current wounds. You will use your clinical judgment as to how often you need to follow up with each patient and ensure that your weekly list is up to date with the progress of all your patients with wounds. So essentially this means that um, a wound care nurse will typically go around your facility and they'll check on wounds. um, If it's stage three, four, they may be checking in every day or two and they'll be updating their list. They'll be updating, okay, this is the treatment that I did. This is the progress that it is. It's starting to tunnel or it's getting better. Um, The size is shrinking on the outer surface area. So, If you have a good communication with the nurses, you should be able to know, well, where can I check this information? And sometimes they'll make a chart note about it. And so you actually have to go in and check the chart notes to see how those really serious wounds are doing. Obviously, like I said, for stage three and fours, you're gonna check in a lot more often. If you're in the facility uh, one time a week or multiple times a week, you're checking in when you're going. Um, If you're only there once every week, I would, prioritize stage three and four wounds to check at least that once a week time and following up with uh, the unit could be something like that. 
So once you've compiled your list and you have it updated, step three is obviously going to be treating patients with the wounds. So coming up with your nutrition care plan. So step three is broken down into different stages. So number one, you want to evaluate the type, the stage, and the location of each wound. So like I said, skin tears do not necessarily need nutrition interventions. I typically ask that I not be consulted over skin tears unless a they're really severe or this patient has really a big history of impaired skin integrity and the skin tears have led to wounds in the past for this patient simply because skin tears there's I haven't found any literature that supports that they need increased nutrient needs for something like this so ensure that they're getting adequate nutrition check the amount of protein that's in their nutrition care plan currently per kilogram of body weight are they getting the minimum of 1.0 to 1.2 grams per kilogram body weight per day determine their food and fluid intake levels on average weekly so I typically look at the past three months or the past two months something like that I don't go back much farther than that and you're just looking for an average you're not going to go and look at okay well this day they only had 10% but this day they had 100 just do an across-the-board um, average and if you see patterns so breakfast is their best meal lunch is their best meal supper they don't really eat too much because that's going to tell you where you're going to load that protein and calories in and then find out where improvements in intake can occur so like I said where are their best meals so the next part of stage step three is for stage one and two pressure injuries you're going to use clinical judgment here but typically protein intake is going to be about 1.2 to 1.5 grams um, per kilogram of body weight per day add up what they're getting through their meals snacks and supplements to see what the base is and if you've been consulted on a wound make sure that you're charting your response especially if your facility keeps uh, consults in the chart or they have documentation you need to continue that uh, chain of communication that you acknowledge that you've gotten a consult and you need documentation proof that you've acknowledged the consult so if your resident is getting adequate protein, look at approximate calorie intake and fluid intake. Do they need more? Are they meeting their needs? And are they eating everything that they're being given? The next one is obviously for stage three and four pressure wounds and injuries. So you're gonna be increasing the amount of protein. It is important though that you're not only prescribing the amount of protein, but ensuring that it's realistic. It doesn't matter if you give them upwards of let's say two grams per kilogram of body weight per day if they aren't going to eat that extra chicken breast that you're prescribing at supper then it's all for naught so make sure that you're talking to the resident or a designated family member about the issue check if there's some high protein items that they really like and increase protein at times where they are more likely to eat during the day um, because but like I said, sometimes the opposite. Sometimes residents won't even wake up for breakfast, but they have really large suppers. So then increase the protein at supper. Make sure that you're getting protein in at those different snack times as well. Nutrition supplements are obviously very useful as well because getting that higher amount of protein can be really difficult for seniors. So there may be times where those supplements can really aid in upping the protein. So you're going to be implementing MedPass and Typically what I start at is I go right for starting at 60 mils QID. If you don't see results, you increase the um, volume. You don't increase the amount of times per day. And make sure that it falls in line with what their current meds are so that the nurses don't have to go and 
do extras essentially. So I'm going to schedule them. I'm going to go through their medication pass. I'm going to look at the times that they're getting medications and I'm going to add the uh, nutrition supplement drink at MedPass, but I'm going to add it at those times that it's already happening. So even though I said QID, so four times a day, if this patient is only getting meds three times a day, I'm going to go with three times a day, but I might increase the volume that they're getting instead. So you do want to increase fluids as well because that also helps to maintain really good skin integrity. And the fourth part of step three is document, document, document. I always say this, it's important that you chart what you have done and also write a PES statement. If a person has a stage three and four pressure injury, they do have the nutrition diagnosis of increased nutrient needs because that does fall into the category. I talked last week on the podcast about what qualifies as an increased nutrient needs diagnosis. Stage three and stage four does, stage one and stage two does not necessarily. So also make sure that you document when you're going to follow up. Write it in a calendar and make sure you follow up and see the progression. Once you have covered your bases, work with your team of how they are working on improving wound healing as well. Whatever each team member can do, the better off your patient will be. I've talked about it before, but wound care really is a full team effort. And so don't feel like you cannot say something, let's say, um, about a turning schedule or something like that. If you see that a resident is consistently lying in bed and you know that that's really not going to help your patient's wound heal, you need to talk to the nurse. Maybe you can come up with a care plan with them in order to better manage that wound and even though yes, we need to offload the pressure on a wound site, it's really important though that they're still getting meals, that they're still being brought for meals because social engagement and being present in a dining room during meals, it has been shown to increase intake. And we know that if a wound care nutrition is not optimal and the resident isn't getting proper nutrition, that it does not matter what other medical intervention there is, it will not heal properly and it will not heal quickly. So if you really want to know the nutrients that are recommended for wound care, make sure that you join me in um, the virtual wound care nutrition education session this coming Wednesday. I'm going to link in the show notes where you can sign up and be a part of it. Even if you don't attend, which I really hope you do, really seek out reliable evidence-based nutrition interventions for wound care because your patients will so greatly benefit. So that's all that I have for you today. Please be sure to like and follow the show on your Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Find me on Instagram and Facebook at LongTermCareRD. The website is LongTermCareRD.com and in the show description notes you will find an article and all the links mentioned today. Hope you have a great week and I'll see you guys on Wednesday.